0: Welcome to another episode of Common Thoughts of Christ with the series called The Early Morning Meditations. I'm Mark Rogers here and enjoying these early spring mornings where I'm able to get up early the sun rises up early and grab my cup of coffee and I hope you have your coffee if you're drinking coffee or tea early in the morning of course the Bible's out and enjoying a quiet time with the Lord. You know, it's interesting when we sleep, I find this myself, is that when we're sleeping, uh, the Lord can bring things to our hearts, and you wake up, and uh, all the clutter, all the mess from the day prior seems to have gone or during the night, and you wake up, and it's such a beautiful morning, and you realize that there are some meditations of Christ to be had, and so I hope we can have a little bit of that. And you know, if you were on last episode, you would have heard that uh, I would like to take up the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, slowly and surely. I've enjoyed these books for many years, and they have many applications for today, the day that we live in. And so with that, let's get right into it. We'll take up the first few verses of the first chapter of the book of Ezra and kind of go through a few thoughts of that and see how that applies for a believer today, living today. Um, It's it's beautiful to see how these things uh, do apply. Verse 1 of chapter 1 of Ezra 1 says, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord or Jehovah stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth and hath charged me to build him an house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God, which is at Jerusalem." And moreover, remaineth in any place where he sojourneth. Let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts besides the freewill offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites with all them whose spirit God had raised to go up to build the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem and all they that were with about them strengthened their hands with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, with beasts, and with precious things beside all that was willingly offered. Well, I'm going to stop there for right now. It's interesting to see. We noted a few things from last episode where Cyrus makes this proclamation. And and um, we noted last time how there were four kingdoms. The Babylonian kingdom was the first up on deck. You read about that again in the book of Daniel. But you can also read the Medes and the Persians were the second uh, kingdom in the world at that time that came up. They overtook the Babylonians. And God, you know, it's so interesting to see how God is just moving pieces around in the world, right? One nation rises up and a nation, another nation falls. You know, if you go back, if you want to do a little bit of homework, you can go back into uh, 2 Kings about, oh, chapter 6. Seventeen, chapter eighteen, you'll find that God in that day, which was merely just a few, you know, uh, hundred years before what we're reading right now, or two hundred. No, I'm sorry, it would have been seventy years of captivity here. So about probably about hundred and seventy years, maybe two hundred years before, we saw that Syria, Syria was a mighty kingdom at that time, not a world power, but they were bothering Israel, as you know, and so they kept bothering Israel, and then assyria started to come around and i don't know about the secular history i haven't studied the secular history but it's very clear that you see a transition in the scene in the region where the syrians are falling down and the assyrians as a power are are rising up and so so much so that you see that the assyrians were the ones that carried those 10 tribes off right And so it's just interesting to see how God is moving world powers around. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. Now, one thing we can do is pray. Now, we read that Daniel was a man of prayer, and he was in that captivity. But when one kingdom is rising up and one kingdom is falling down, that is God's purposes. So I ask the question here in the United States, one president rises up, another president falls down. Is that God's purposes? Absolutely. God is is moving pieces around as we go along. So those are just little meditations for our walk today. But let's get back to Cyrus here in our first chapter here. You know, you can read about, there are basically three prophets that are, are prophesying about this. And as you probably recognize that if a prophet's word doesn't come to pass, why, then they are... There to be expelled, but we have prophets here uh, that are prophesying of this day and this time. And so you can turn back to uh, Jeremiah chapter 25, uh, verses 11 and 12, and also Jeremiah uh, 29, uh, verse 10. In fact, I'm just going to jump over there right now. So if you have your Bible there, I'm just going to jump over to Jeremiah 29. And uh, verse 10, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm going to give a little hit. I'm a technology guy through and through, but, you know, there's nothing like a paper Bible. And the paper Bible that I have had, I've enjoyed it for 30 years. And, um, you know, one thing about a paper Bible you get to do is make notes and keep the notes. And so 30 years later, I'm able to enjoy the notes. But uh, I have this verse underlined, Jeremiah 29, verse 10. It says, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished of Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you, in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Is that just like our God isn't that like our God? He first He first disciplines us a little bit, right? And and the two tribes have to be disciplined. Why did they have to be disciplined? They were given over to idolatry, as we mentioned last time, given wholly over to idolatry, and um, God had to take that out of them. He takes them into into captivity but yet he has loving thoughts towards his people. And so he then arranges it so that he can bring them back out after they have forsaken the idolatry. He can bring them back out and brings them to his place in Jerusalem at that time and so that is that is Jeremiah prophesying about that. And interesting enough, let's turn over to uh, Daniel chapter nine. So we're going to go ahead and if you got your Bible there, jump over to Daniel chapter nine <clears throat> and. Um, When we get to Daniel nine, and by the way, I certainly encourage a study of Daniel. Um, Daniel has many purposes for today as well. Um, And um, you know, if you want to find, in fact, I will say this too: if you want to find a human vessel on the on the pages of Scripture, this is obviously outside of Christ. When I make this uh, outside of our Lord Jesus Christ, but every every human vessel that we find in these pages of Scripture, you won't find anything. That is negative about Daniel, not that he was a perfect man, we know no one was perfect, but you know the way God's light shines on that man he is we get to see his life snapshotted what when he's a young teenager as a eunuch in chapter one to all the way down to where he was watching the Babylonian Empire fall that night right and um and the Medes and Persians were crashing through, and he must have been in his eighties at that time. And yet, during that whole entire time, we see a man dedicated to God, dedicated to prayer, prayer for his people, prayer for his own sins. You can read about that. He prayed for his own sins, right? But prayer for his people, prayer for for his government. And it's just a beautiful picture to see of, of Daniel. But let's get over to Daniel 9 here. And um, verse, um, well, and I'm going to read verse I'll read the first four verses. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto the Lord God, to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed in the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keep in the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. So I'm going to stop there now. You know, it's always beautiful to just peek in on a prayer that someone's doing, right? Someone that is lifting their voice and their hearts to God. How do they approach God? How do they approach God? And so if we look here, we get the the background here of Daniel here, that he understood, okay, he understood in Jeremiah. So he was reading the the scriptures at that time, the prophecies. He had copies of the scriptures in front of him, the, the scriptures of that day. Is that beautiful or what? God was showing him and enlightening him as he was a captive in Babylon at that time that Jeremiah had written maybe a hundred years before that there would be 70 years of captivity. And it's just beautiful to see this. God reveals himself and he reveals himself through the scriptures. And today he reveals himself through the scriptures with the power of the Holy spirit is to reveal himself to you. If you love the Lord Jesus as your savior, the scriptures will reveal themselves, God's word will reveal himself to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so you read here in the method in verse 3, Daniel 9, 3. And how's he doing it? He's sitting there humbly as humble can get, right? He's seeking by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. When a man is in sackcloth, ashes, and he's all by himself, he's not making a show of it, And he's as low as you can get. There's no lower you can get to be having sackcloth on and ashes. Now, I don't say you do that today, but you get the principle. It's it's uncovering everything that you think you are, and you're coming into God's presence and crying out to God because I am helpless. I am needy. And it says here in verse 4, and I prayed in the Lord my God and made my confession said, O oh Lord, the great and dreadful God, keep in the covenant. When we approach God, we have to recognize who he is and what he's done for me and his promises made. And he talks about in verse 5, I think it's very interesting, verse 5 and uh, verse 6, he puts the word we in there. Daniel says, we have sinned. And verse, that's verse five. We have sinned, verse six. Neither have we hearkened to the servants of prophets. We have sinned and we haven't listened. I may be a very righteous man. I'm not saying I am, but I, I'm just using this. But yet, and Daniel is, is a very righteous man. I'm just going to lay it back over on Daniel for a moment. He is a righteous man. And yet he includes himself with the failures of the people of God. There's no self-righteousness at all. We have sinned. So he's praying about we. He includes all of us together. And when we fail as an assembly, we fail before God, there's no us versus them. There is a situation where it's we. We have forsaken God. We have dishonored the Lord. And so that's Daniel's premise here is, is how he comes to, comes to find and God and Jehovah at that time, too. You can read about it. At the end of the ninth chapter there, you can start to read about these things, and in, in chapter 10, Daniel 9 and 10 are very interesting. It's in this posture that God reveals himself. Today, in this world that we live in, life is so busy. Life is so busy. Can God reveal himself when life is going on, when the media is blasting in now in our pockets, right, on all of our smartphones, when the media is blasting in? Can God reveal himself? Well, I can't say that he can't, but is it going to be a still small voice? Or is it in the quietness when I sit here with the Lord and I read the scriptures with the Holy Spirit blast in (laughs) his comfort, his principles, his love, isn't that beautiful? So that's Daniel, and uh, we took up a little. We read a little bit of uh, Jeremiah, and now we read a little bit of Daniel. Let's read about the third prophet that was prophesying about this, and so we we can jump over to um, the book of Isaiah. All right, big big book. T- t- thumb back there to Isaiah, and uh, we'll jump in at the forty-first chapter, Isaiah forty-one. All right. 41 and, um, and uh, verse 2. Now this is interesting. again this is another prophet mentioning and and pointing towards uh, Osiris if you will. so Isaiah 41 verse 2, who raised up the righteous man from the east, called him to his foot, gave the nations before him and made him rule over kings. He gave them as the dust to his sword, and as a driven stubble to his bow. And so it goes on. Um, it goes on to describe um, what deliverance is going to come. But let's jump over now to the forty-fourth uh, chapter, so Isaiah forty-four, and we jump down into the twenty-eighth. Uh, Verse, Isaiah 44, verse 28. That Seth of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and shall perform all my pleasure, even saying to Jerusalem, thou shalt be built, and to the temple thy foundation shall be laid. Huh, interesting, interesting. Cyrus is being called out by God even before he was born. Isn't that interesting? A Persian monarch many, many years, 70, 80, 100 years before he was even born. God is calling him out and telling him and showing him that he is going to be the one that's going to bring God's people back. I want to bring this point up. This is a very interesting point in the day that we live in, particularly in the United States. This country nowadays is is a divisive like, it's no other. And, and, um, Many are camped over on the right-hand side of the spectrum and many are camped on the left-hand side of the spectrum and, and there's animosity towards each other, etc. And yet, there's fingers pointing across the aisle. And it's not just the United States, it's other countries as well. But isn't it interesting that, as we have been discussing in these last two episodes here, that God takes down an empire and then raises another empire, And it's very interesting to see this because God has his ways and his purposes. Daniel is in prayer, and Daniel is seen firsthand one empire, the Babylonian Empire, crashes down when he's an older man. Crashes down. And the Medes and the Persians, that the two armies that are joined together, are coming under the wall that night. You can read about it in Daniel. They're coming under the wall that night and and basically taking over everything that Daniel knew to be true knew to be a life, if you will, for the past whatever 65, 70 years. Okay, and yet Daniel was perfectly comfortable with that. Daniel was perfectly comfortable that we can see there, that he ministers, he ministers to these ones. And so, you know, when Apostle Paul tells Timothy to pray for those that are in authority, that's a very important note, to pray for those in authority. There's a lot of fingers blaming going on in so-and-so we trust here and so-and-so we trust there. We're trusting in our, in our political leaders as they come, they rise and they fall. That's the problem. That's the problem. We don't see the hand that's behind the scenes moving the scenes. It's very important to see and look at the hand that's moving the scenes behind the scenes. And why is he doing that? You know, this particular time of COVID, he was moving the scenes around the world. And in his moving the scenes, he was getting things ready. He's getting things ready. And you know what? He's getting things ready on a national level but he's also giving, getting things ready on a local level. And he's also getting things ready on a personal level. You know, myself, for those that know me, went through a time of COVID. Uh, I went down, I was very quiet for six to eight months um, after going through it for about three weeks and then having the devastation of the after effects. And it wasn't until probably, what is it, uh, I would say probably 16 months after the event, why I felt like I was back to normal again. But can I say that the Lord was doing things? Yes, I can say in the quiet, the solitude, the Lord was helping me. The Lord was showing me things. And two, if he's taking you through a quiet time, whatever that may be, know the fact that he's behind the scenes, moving the scenes in your little world, and recognize that it's going to be for your blessing, but he's wanting you to maybe peel off of this and peel off a little of that. We just saw that the Israelites, or the Jews rather, the two tribes, they had to peel off idolatry, and they have to come fully dependent upon Jehovah. We're going to read about that as we come up, so I'm glad that you could join me this morning for the early morning meditation hope you had it hope you've gone through your coffee like i've gone through my coffee had the word of god open up and i look forward to catching you on another event another broadcast and uh, certainly jump on over to commonthoughtsofchrist.com commonthoughtsofchrist.com leave a comment and you can also see us over on facebook and youtube as well And I look forward to sharing and discussing more about the book of Ezra as we go through to find out exactly what principles can we take away from the book of Ezra and later the book of Nehemiah for my life today. With that, may we continue to shout, even so, come Lord Jesus.